Chapter Six. By his self-sacrifice in Golgotha, Jesus Christ anchored himself in eternal reality. What is eternal reality? First, we are to understand that eternity is not just unending time. Time is a process within eternity. Eternity is an infinite here now. This is not an easy notion to grasp. Our mind is generally conditioned in its processes to think of things happening one after another, in a sequence. It is this sequential, linear way of thinking that has given rise to the idea that time stretches from what we call the past through what we call the present into what we call. The future, but past, present, and future are very mysterious. Some of the world's greatest philosophers have tried to disclose the secret of time, and yet not given us a clear explanation of it. Plato saw time as the moving image of eternity. This can be a very fruitful way of thinking about time and eternity. Let us remind ourselves. That God is omniscient, that He knows everything, and that He knows this everything in an infinite simultaneity, an unlimited all-in-oneness. This all-in-oneness is the eternal now, an infinite now that contains within itself. All conceivable things, beings, events, and relations in one infinite wholeness. But God is also omnipotent, all-powerful, and within His all-powerfulness, He can not only see the totality of all possibilities of all things; He can also focus in a special way on any particular thing within the infinite totality. This capacity to focus upon particular things within his infinite possibilities is the cause of the appearance of time. Time is the result of focusing attention first on one thing, then on another. We can illustrate this to ourselves in a very simple way. If we hold up one of our hands at full arm stretch. Our fingers extended and separated from each other, we can see the whole of our hand in one glance. We can see that our fingers and thumb stand up out of our palm. We can see the pattern of our hand, the way the fingers and thumb are related. We can do this in one glance, all at once. If we now bring our hand very close up to our eyes. We can converge our gaze and focus our attention on one finger. We then say that we abstracted one of our fingers from the total number of fingers that we have by the simple act of focusing our attention upon it. If we concentrate very hard upon one finger, we can make ourselves forget about the others. This forgetting. Is very important for the generating of our time consciousness. We can focus all our attention by act of will 
onto our little finger and forget the others. Then we can shift our focus onto our ring finger and forget the others and so on. When we can do this exercise of shifting our focus of attention from one finger to another, forgetting the other fingers as we do so, we generate time. We see things one after another. We can see from this simple exercise that we have the capacity to see things all at once and also to see them separately one after another. When we see things all at once, we have a foretaste of what it means to be in eternity. When we see things one after another, we experience them as in time. We then begin to see what it means to say that time is the moving image of eternity. Eternity is the infinity of things, beings, events and relationships grasped in God's mind all at once as one infinite whole pattern. For God, this eternity is an infinite actuality. For man on earth, in his ordinary consciousness, it is an idea of a possibility. But if a man's mind is elevated by God's grace, as the mind of St. John was when he was lifted up in the spirit, it becomes possible for him to experience something of what the infinite now of eternity is in itself. This infinite now of eternity is the very presence of God himself. As he experiences himself in himself. This fact of the presence of God himself means that his eternal now is also the eternal here. The here of God is his eternal presence of God to himself. The now of God is his eternal immediacy, his instancy with himself, his eternal presentness with himself. It is inside this here-now instancy of God's presence that we live, move and have our being. This is why nothing can separate us from the love of God. For wherever we are, in whatever condition we are, we are always inside his infinite self-presence. If this is so, and it is so, why do we ever believe that we can be cut off from God? It is because we ourselves cut ourselves off. How do we do this? By our own interest in the things, events and relations of time. There is an interesting illustration of what time may mean for us in the ancient myth of Saturn, a pagan god who was viewed as the personification of the time process. Saturn gave birth by means of his consort Rhea to all the beings that exist in time and then devoured them. In time we come into existence and then time devours us. This was the ancient view of the fact of the cycle of birth and death through which all beings must go. 
We have seen that when we view the parts of our experience separately in a linear sequence, we, by this fact, identify ourselves with the time process. We look at each separate thing in a moment of time for a particular length of time. We, for the time being, become enslaved by time. And if we are not careful, we forget that we are really children of eternity. We forget the eternal presence of God and fall into thinking only of the temporal facts of things. Finally, we lose all awareness of eternity, which is our true home, and we behave like children of time. The mythic colour of Saturn is dark. When we fall into identification with the linear things of time, our mind is darkened. We can no longer see the true pattern of things as they are in the eternal light of God. In pagan times, the opposite of Saturn was said to be Jupiter. Jupiter means Deo Pater, God the Father. Before Jesus Christ came on earth, the ancient prophets and seers had had some insights given to them about the nature of reality to help them to prepare mankind for the coming of the Saviour. They had been allowed to see that man has a choice of how he will live his life, either as if he were a child of Saturn, a creature of time, bound by time's processes, or as if he were a child of Jupiter, a son of God, the true father of all beings, a son of spiritual freedom. This choice is still today the one important choice that we must all face. We must choose whether we will think of ourselves as simply mechanical products of the time process with no meaning beyond time, or we must know that we are beings whose real origin is in the eternal, beyond time, in the infinite loving presence of God. If we were really only time beings, we would have no possibility of knowing any eternal truths. We would know only the sequence of linear events, of the fleeting moments of time. We would be carried along remorselessly by the movement of time from our birth with only chaos before it to our death, with only chaos and annihilation after it. But if we are beings of eternity, we pre-exist our birth and post-exist our death. From God's eternal love we come and back into God's eternal love we go. Time for us is just an interlude between the out and in doorways of eternity. What then does time really mean for us? It is the period of our being in which we experience the possibilities of an infinite number of ways of being, but in a linear, sequential manner, a manner which allows us to look at each of our actions separately 
in isolation so that we can assess each action that we do as if it is in itself uncoloured by other possibilities. This linear separation of our actions in time is what is meant by temptation. Temptation is temporal presentation of action possibilities. By temptation, that is linear presentation of action possibilities, we are placed in a position where we have to choose what particular time actions we will do. We are put in a position where we shall have at some time to become conscious of our motivations. In time, we are forced into motivational research on ourselves. This is the real purpose of God allowing the time process to continue. And when this purpose is finally fulfilled, there will be time no more. Time will be rolled up as a scroll and cease. Only eternity will reign. If we can allow ourselves to see that the linear events of time are but some of the infinite possibilities of eternity, we shall be able to look more closely at the causes of our anxieties. When we are anxious, we are anxious about something that we think or feel might happen that we do not want to happen. We are anxious about some painful event that might worsen our possibilities of life or we are worried about some advantage our enemies might gain over us. In both cases, we are concerned about events that might happen in time. The anxious mind is a mind focused in time. Such a mind is always painting pictures of undesirable events for itself. It is a mind always looking backwards or forwards and not confining itself to the here, now, present moment. It is a mind that cannot understand why Jesus Christ said, Take no thought for the morrow. It is a mind that confuses eternity with an ever-stretching line of time. It is a mind incapable of understanding either time or eternity. But fortunately, we have another mind, the mind we call the higher mind, the mind that is not bound down to the temporal sequences of events, the mind that in certain moments of insight can intuit the real nature of time and eternity, and this higher mind is not anxious about tomorrow. We have two minds, a linear thinking mind that experiences its ideas one after the other in sequence and a pattern comprehending mind that holds all its ideas in one instant grasp. The linear thinking mind is our time mind. The pattern comprehending mind is our eternal mind. These two minds act in quite different ways and have quite different results from their actions. The time mind is riddled with anxiety. The eternal mind lives in quiet faith.
We can live our life in either of our two minds. If we choose to consider only the affairs of time, we thereby bind ourselves into the anxieties which are the natural accompaniments of time thinking. If we choose to live in the consciousness of eternity, which we call the mind of Christ, then we are lifted up above the anxieties of the time process into the eternal presence of God. In this presence, our confidence is complete. We understand that in this mind of eternity, we are sharing with Christ the surety of God's eternal presence. In this mind of eternity, we comprehend the real meaning of the statement, time is the moving image of eternity. We realize that the sequence of time events is but an abstraction of some of the infinite possibilities of eternity presented to us separately so that we can test our motives, search the depths of our souls, find out what kind of beings we are willing to become. Then we can see time as it really is, a limited period of testing given to each soul so that each soul may design for itself by its own choice what kind of being it will be in all eternity.